Okay, this is the book review of The Millionaire Fastlane by um, DJ DeMarco. Or is it MJ DeMarco? Oh, this is embarrassing. I can't remember his name. But anyways, um, so I read this book actually probably a few months ago, and I've re-listened to it a few times. And if you've listened to any of my other book reviews, you know by now that that is a very good sign of what is to come. This is maybe the best book i have ever read and um i read a lot of books or listen to a lot of books to be you know to say it correctly uh, but this book is frankly amazing it's extremely detailed it has a lot of great information in it and I, there's gonna be a lot of stuff i'm not gonna be able to remember to to talk about in this book review but i'm gonna try and really give the overall um summary of the book the main points um, and why you you should really read it or listen to it. So, you know, obviously, like most um, financial um, books, this starts out the first several chapters. I'd probably say the first eight to twelve chapters are all, are all about mindset, where you're at now, why it's not working right, the nine to five job sucks, blah blah blah. You're never going to get rich this way. Um, where this book starts to differ is around, I think, chapter 8 or 12, when he starts talking about the gurus, the money gurus that we've all listened to, the Robert Kiyosaki's, the, the um, who is that, um, you know, larger-than-life guy, but you know, there's, there's just a million money gurus out there, right? And what he essentially says is, listen, how did they make their money? Was it doing what they said? Was it dollar cost averaging by, while buying stocks? Was it you know, buying rental properties? Was it buying blue chip stocks you know, like Warren Buffett? Or I can't remember that woman who always talks about you know, putting your money into uh, stocks, safe equities, um, blue chip stocks, whatever, right? You know, all these people, Dave Ramsey, that's another one, you know, they all talk about how to get rich doing their method um, of financial um, strategy, right? Whether it's saving, whether it's leveraging, whether it's houses, whether it's stocks. There's a lot of different ways that these gurus all preach. They're all different. But the fact is none of them really made their money the same way that they preach, they all made their money in a different way. And how is that? You Probably in a business, right? Whether it's selling books, whether it's selling seminars, whether it's selling games, financial games like Robert Kiyosaki, um, books like Dave Ramsey, right? They don't actually... And, and then they tell all their people, say, hey, listen, you should not use any debt or you should go buy rental properties. But that's not how they got rich. They got rich in business, and this, this, is, this was the first time that when I was listening to this audiobook that I stopped and said, wow, you know, I haven't heard anyone else say that before, much less be so frank about it. You know, these are giant gurus. These are the people who I was raised on, you know, who got me into real estate, right? Robert Kiyosaki, he, he changed my mindset. He's changed probably more people into real estate than anybody in the world. You know, when, when people talk about, you know, getting into real estate, buying rental properties, making, you know, your wealth through real estate, usually the number one book they all refer to is Rich, is rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? So when he started to, 
you know, question, not question, but, you know, outright contradict people like him. I, I stood back and said, are you really doing this, man? I mean, that's my idol. That's a lot of people's idol right there. And you're going to take him off his high horse. So when I heard that, I, I started to really listen. That's when I started to really pay attention to what he was saying. And um, he says, listen, I studied the people who became very rich very quickly. That doesn't mean easily, but very quickly. And what did they all have in common? They did it through business. Because when you do anything else, whether it's stocks or, or real estate, you know, you have to think about how, how can you really make money quickly this way? If you buy, bought a rental property and you use debt like what, what many of the gurus tell you, you know, you're going to wait a very long time before that property is paid off and starts cash flowing a lot of money. Not a little bit of money. I'm not talking about hundreds of dollars. He's, you know, um, DeMarco, he's talking about millions. You know, how do you make millions in not decades but years right it's it's there's no clear path for that no one has really told you how to do that how to get rich quickly and that's what many of us really are talking about when we talk about wealth even though we you know believe in the illusion that if we just put away 10 or 15 percent of our income and buy stocks or if we buy rental properties we buy 30 houses or 50 houses that one day we'll become supremely rich the problem with this is which i kind of which many of us actually know in our gut but are afraid to say it is that that strategy is a very long you'll be an old person you only have about 30 or 40 years of prime years where you are young healthy vibrant that you can enjoy that type of wealth. But if you follow those strategies, you will be in your 50s, in your 60s, in your 70s before they really start to mature and pay off for you. And in, even in that case, you know, how much can you really make? Um, if you're an average person with even a $100,000 income, you know, you're probably talking about millions, not tens of millions, right? So... You know, he gets in the mindset that then he talks about um, all the gurus and what they, why they're not the best to listen to. And then he eventually talks about why business is the only way to success. You know, when you think about that, your average, um, your average return on investment that w- any of us would hope to make, right? If we bought a rental property, or we bought a stock, and we earn ten percent a year. Which, frankly, is very difficult to do. It is very difficult to do. You, you can consider things like depreciation, you know, um, inflation, all this stuff to get you to 10%. But the fact is, to actually earn a real 10% cash on cash or better per year consistently over 30, 40 years is a very difficult thing to do. And even if you could, that will not make you very wealthy, right? To, you know... That maybe you make millions, but you're not gonna make tens of millions. And if you, maybe millions sounds like a lot of money to you right now, to some people, to some people it isn't. To me, it's not. I don't even have millions, and I don't think millions is a lot of money because I can tell. I I know many people who have millions, and it's not like you are balling out of control. You know, you are living still a very average life. You may drive a nicer car. You may have a little less stress because you can pay your bills off with ease. But you're not, you, you haven't stopped working, 
you're not working just because you want to. You still need to work, okay? So, um, so why business, right? Because while everyone else is trying to earn 10% return on their money, whether with real estate or stocks or what other, what other financial, you know, strategy, um, in business, you're capable of making, you know, 100% times your money, not even per year, it can be per month. Um, so he, he says that um, for the wealthy, you know, they consider their, their, their worth a combination of income plus net worth. So you want to increase your income and you want to increase your, your not, not your net worth, but your, um, your equity, essentially. And the only way to do that is to find a vehicle that can multiply your equity hundred, hundreds of times. Okay. Okay, so let's just jump right into business now. Why is business so good? You know, business, as he talks about, works on a multiple of the net income. So naturally, as you do better at your net income, you increase cash flow. You know, the, the value of your business increases significantly based on the sector and industry that you're working in. So just for an example, you know, Facebook works on like, you know, a 20 multiple of their net income. So, you know, if they, if they have $1 of cash flow, their value of their, of their company is worth $20. If they have, you know, 10 million in net income, well, now their value is 200 million uh, for the company, right? So this is a very quick way to generate wealth if you have a business where you can increase the the net income you can significantly increase your net worth simply by the value the multiple value of your industry or sector so that is why business is so useful in generating wealth and why every wealthy person has always made their money through wealth um Another thing that he talks about when creating a business is that you don't you know there's a there's a wide range of the term business right you could be a plumber an electrician you could be um, the owner of Facebook or Google right these are all businesses but uh, clearly they have a wide range of you know how successful they really are so it's very important and this is what he goes through in the book is determining what are some of the important factors of a business that you need to um, consider before starting so that you don't immediately put yourself in the slow lane right if you if your business doesn't have the ability to do certain um, key things then it will never even have the possibility to become very successful so your goal when when starting a business is not to immediately put yourself into slowing so some of these things are um, of course scale he says many 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 times that in order to make millions you need to serve millions if you want to make millions you need to serve millions so if you can't do something where you can at some you know point quickly in time 
see yourself serving millions, then you should not even engage in that type of business because you will immediately put yourself into slow lane, in which case you will probably be just generating another job for yourself a job that pays you maybe even a high income, but never be worth very much money. So this is, um, that's one key thing. Another key thing is that you're really creating um, a service that people need. You know, if you started, say, a plumbing business, um, unless you're in an area where you can demand a very high margin for your service, you will never become wealthy because there's just not enough need for that business. Um, if you create a business, any type of business, where there is not a, a significantly high demand for it, then you can't possibly imagine to, to generate enough wealth from that business because if there is enough competition in any sector in anything that you do naturally the prices the margin that you demand for your service will be increasingly shrunken to nothing and this is what we call a commodity commodities are things that we typically associate to to gold or or fruit or cattle you know, something where the only differentiation between one um, competitor and the next is the price. The last thing you want to do is to get into a business where the only thing that differentiates you from the next person is price. If that is the case, you have already lost because you'll never be able to charge enough for your service to survive. So I'll be honest, it's been a while since I broke from the last, um, you know, uh, section of this, of this podcast for this book, The Millionaire Fast Lane, and uh, I'm trying to get back on track exactly where I want to leave off. I know last time I talked about the law of affection, which he says is really probably the biggest takeaway you want to, you want to leave with after reading this book. And that is again, just to, you know, your goal is to affect millions. If you affect millions, you will make millions, um, and your goal is not to make money, it is to provide a service, uh, fill a need, provide value, and as soon as you make that distinction, that change in your behavior and your mindset, you will immediately see better results, and you have a much better chance of serving millions, you know, and that's frankly, I, I know it's cliche, maybe it's cliche for you, and maybe it's something about the way he describes it that it really hit home with me. But I, I'm guilty of that. I, I've been so guilty of this. I've been looking for businesses. Um, you can go online and you can search for business brokers, and you can easily look up um, businesses for sale in your area. And, you know, what is the first thing that I do? You know, I look for um, businesses that will generate enough income that I think I would be happy with, which of course is a horrible way of looking at business um, for several reasons. You know, the first is uh, just because it, it says it makes enough money for me. It, I mean, obviously, wh- what do I know about that industry, that, that knowledge um, to think that you can go into anything and just, you know, make it work is opt you know, optimistic at best and, you know, reckless and dangerous at worst. Um, But, you know, on top of that, unless you know that business has really um, a unique selling point, 
that you can leverage that that can set you aside. You know, the last thing you want is for that business to um, be in a very competitive market, which MJ DeMarco describes as turning into a commodity. If you don't have a unique selling point, if you don't have something that really sets you apart, whether it's a feature in your product, a customer service, or something, you know, then you're at risk of becoming a commodity, in which case the only thing that separates you and your competitors is price. Um, and when that happens, you essentially have bought yourself a job. Uh, and even a high-paying job is a horrible job. You know, I I don't make a lot of money now, you know. Um, I'm, I'm obviously in the low six figures, so is my wife, you know, and... One thing I realized is time is so much more important. The last thing I would want to do is to make three times what I make now, but have to work 60, 70, or 80 hours a week. I know people who do that, and frankly, that's no way to live. That's no way to survive in the long term. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I just love this book so much. I could keep referring back to it. I've listened to it probably at least three times now. And I don't usually listen to books more than once because I just take the best of it and I move on. I've only, only the very best do I listen to more than once. This is the one I've listened to the most. The other one is probably Be Obsessed or Be Average by Grant Cardone. I, that's really for motivation. Um, but this is really mindset, strategy, motivation. It's really everything in, in in one. And that's probably why I think it's the best book I've written so far. I'm sorry, not written, but read. Um, so, you know, that's that get, getting that mindset, providing value, finding finding opportunities to provide value, unique selling point. This is what will set you apart. And the goal of the book is not necessarily to say, you know, this is exactly how you're going to do a step-by-step, although he gives you really the best outline and, um, you know, framework to make it happen. But at the same point, it is just brutally honest with you. It tells you um, what not to do as much as it tells you what to do. So, and that that is so valuable. Um, as soon as you stop wasting time in all of the other you know, things in your life and, and opportunities that come in your life that you immediately know will not work um, to make you rich quickly, then you start saving a lot of time. So it, it, it touches on something that I've been feeling on the inside, something that I kind of tell myself, you know, subconsciously, but I've never really been able to fully put together in, into a conscious, you know, um, um, understanding of what has been holding me back until this book, ha- until I read this book. So let's just talk about rental properties really, really quickly. You know, he talks about rental properties. Um, and he, you know, one thing you have to understand is if you can't do this on a very large scale, what you're, what's really happening is I, I keep trying to hit the gas pedal on a wealth building strategy that has a, an upper limit to its to its speed limit. So there's only so much that I can, only so much rental properties that I can buy with the money that I have. It is impossible for me to go out there and buy 2,000 rental properties because I'm limited by my by my income. I'm limited by my income, what I can borrow, um, the time I have to really search and to manage those properties. So 
what I do is, as an analogy, I'm in essentially like a Honda Civic, you know, flooring the gas, trying to go, you know, 250 miles per hour, but it's just something the car physically cannot do. I'm literally in... um you know, the slow lane for in on the freeway trying to go 250 miles an hour. And I keep beating my head against the wall, you know, asking myself, why, why isn't this working faster? Why can't I get to where I'm trying to go, go faster? And the problem is not, um, it's not me. It's, it's the vehicle that I've chosen to get there in. So, it, it, it helps me a lot kind of cope with where I'm at. And I, I still believe in rental properties as kind of like a plan B, a strategy that I can continue to do as a hobby. Um, you know, I'll, I'll continue to buy a property every year, every two years, but I'm not going to think that I'm going to start driving a Lamborghini, you know, or some car that's worth, you know, $200,000 sometime in the next five years because I will not have that type of net worth um in the vehicle that i'm in if i want if i want that lifestyle i need to get into a vehicle that makes sense and you know he talks about what vehicles give you that best opportunity you know whether it's um an internet business and an iterative improvement type of product and again he breaks that out i'm not going to go into all those details because that's not my job here um but those are some options that allow you to scale quickly, that allow you to reach those type of speed limits in a very short amount of time. So, you know, there's just there's just so much things I can talk about. Um, I'll be honest, one thing that I'm going to warn you about, and probably something I should have warned you about very early on in this podcast, I'd be surprised if you've made it this far. But one thing that you should know is, is that, you know, there's a lot of chapters in this book. There's over, I think, 40 or 50 chapters in this book. So each each chapter is not significantly long. But I I tried to share with one of my best friends this book. And um, and I told him ahead of time, I said, listen, you know, I, I would suggest skipping over the first 10 or even 20 chapters. I would say maybe start maybe chapter 18 or something because if you're somebody who understands you know, investments, um, you already get, you already have the mindset that, you know, you, you believe in real estate or you believe in business and you're not just a 401k employee. If you're past that stage already, you know, the first, um, 10 to 20 chapters is gonna sound like a lot of fluff. And the problem with fluff is if you read a lot of books, you know that there's a lot of books out there that's nothing but fluff. So you immediately want to turn it off or quit or or get rid of it. And that's what I was, frankly, I was very close to doing it. But if you've read enough books like I have, you learn to skip through a lot of the early chapters. You know, it's something that you just got it. You just got to tell yourself it's necessary because if you don't find the meat, you know, the, the real substance of the book in a short amount of time, you're not going to last through all those early chapters. You can get tired of it. You're going to quit and you may lose out on something that's valuable in the book before you've had a chance to even read it. So, you know, I did that. That's what I did for this book. I, I you know, the first five chapters, I was just like, that's enough. I'm, re- I'm about to return this one. I'm not going to be able to, to make it through. But then I, I, I jumped to 
a random chapter. I, I forget what chapter. It might have been chapter 18. might have been chapter 25. I was just like randomly clicking, like, hit me with the substance already. And I quickly heard him start talking about the money gurus and how they're not, um, you know, they're not people who you necessarily want to follow because they don't, they don't, they have, what is it called, the, the, the conflict of practice or something is what he calls it. So essentially, you know, they don't, they did not get rich the same way that they're trying to teach you to get rich, you know, like, um, um, Dave Ramsey, Dave Ramsey says, save all your money, um, never use any debt and you'll become rich when you're, you know, 80 or something like that. But the truth is that's not how he got rich. You know, he got rich selling books. He used a fast lane strategy that's described in MJ DeMarco's book, even though he sells you on a different strategy. Okay. Um, you look at Robert Kiyosaki, he sells you on buying rental properties as a way to get rich. And that is a great strategy, but that's a real slow lane strategy, to be honest, which is for the reasons I just talked about. You know, it, it requires a, a, a long, it requires you to sacrifice your life to get there. And um, while Robert Kiyosaki, frankly, got rich selling books and seminars and classes and his brand and all this other stuff. Okay. So when I, when I heard that, immediately I was shocked because I've read a lot of books and they don't usually say stuff like that. So I started listening a little more and then I, and then I started realizing, okay, this is, he actually gets to a point, you know, it takes him a little while to get there, but once he gets there, boy, it just starts hitting over and over and over. Each chapter is like a sledgehammer, you know, of knowledge and, and substance and strategy and content um, that can be applied immediately, and just it's a different way of thinking. It, it's 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 in your face, no holds bar um, information that should change your mindset. And you don't necessarily have to follow it. The fast, the fast lane millionaire strategy is not something for everybody because he's perfectly honest. You know, like I said before, in one of the earlier sections, this is not a get rich easy strategy. You know, this is something that that requires a lot of work. But um, he talks about a fable: two people in Egypt who have to build a pyramid. You know, the the one who spends more time in on the upfront cost, the upfront work, whether it's writing a book, building a product, or something that puts you into the fast lane. There, there's a lot of time and energy that goes into that work before you ever see a payoff. But the benefit is that product or service. Um, or that strategy has the ability to scale. Okay, um, you know I've I've talked a lot about this on already, and frankly, I could probably talk days about this. And I I do talk quite a bit about this when I hear other people you know bring up different strategies now because I I believe wholeheartedly this is the one that makes the most sense. So you know. You need to go out there. You need to read, the, listen to the whole thing from start to end. This will be one of the books. I, you know, I I have three daughters now, um, and this will be one of the books that I demand they read. If they want any 
if they want me to pay for their college, their car, if they want any inheritance, if they want me to, you know, help them get a house someday, which I'm sure they will, obviously, you know, they w- I will require them to read um, some a few specific books and have them give me, you know, a, a, a book, a, a chapter summary of each chapter in these books. So this book is one of them, you know, Be Obsessed, Be Average by Grant Cardone is another, um, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I feel like, you know, that even though I've, I'm so far past Rich Dad, Poor Dad now, you know, that is one of, you know, the greatest books ever written because it, it puts you in the right mindset in terms of liabilities and assets. Um, and if you speak to almost any real estate investor, I feel like, you know, 95% of them will list this book as one of their top favorites. So even though it doesn't connect with me the same way it did, you know, a decade or something ago when I first read it, um, I would have to imagine that it would provide the same value it did to my children, um, when, when they're starting out. So rich dad, poor dad, be obsessed or be average, um, the Millionaire Fast Lane, um, Principles by Ray Dalio. Again, that's Principles by Ray Dalio. That's a great book as well. I think I did a, a book review on that. Um, those right now are probably my four with this one, The Millionaire Fast Lane, being the absolute number one because it it just puts everything in into the right place. So I haven't found any anything else, frankly, that even comes close you know, um, so that's probably all I got. I'm going to leave it at that. You know, I love to rant and just send this stuff up uh, whenever I feel like it. So I may talk a little bit more about this at a later time if I feel like it. Anyways, that's it. Thanks.